It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And it's time for Chronicles of Nanio with the man who does all the fancy numbers work over at JetsXFactor.com, where he is also co-founder, Mr. Michael Nania. Michael, what's going on, buddy? Not too much. It was fun to have a Sunday without the Jets for once, <laughs> to be able to watch some actual competitive football in which both teams have a chance to win for four quarters so that was a really interesting change of pace my big takeaway from sunday by the way that tom brady guy he's still pretty good yeah he's all right and you know (laughs) it's he's finally gone and of course the jets can't take advantage of it but josh allen is here to take advantage of it just how we all drew it up you couldn't have planned it better 
if you were a Bills fan. Anyway, moving on to the Jets, Michael, let's talk about the key stats from Thursday's Jets game against the Denver Broncos. And we'll start with your old friend, Bryce Huff. Now, Michael, I don't want to say that the reason Bryce Huff did really well on Thursday night is because he appeared on Cool Your Jets with you and Ben Blessington. But it might be more than a coincidence, so just keep that in the back of your mind. But Bryce Huff, the undrafted rookie out of Memphis, did very well. I think it 100% is because he appeared on Cool Your Jets. <laughs> no, I, honestly, Bryce Huff, he, this really isn't, not to say it's not surprising that he's playing well because he was an undrafted free agent, but you know, he's really productive at Memphis, and him going undrafted was a surprise. So to see him come out, uh, make the roster, um, and then be activated for the first time in week three against the Colts. Played only seven snaps in that game. It showed a couple of good uh, pass rush reps out of only three opportunities to rush the quarterback. That was enough for Greg Williams to promote him to a 60% snap count in this game against the Broncos. And he showed some promise in, in a lot of different ways, had a couple of pressures, uh, had uh, on a couple of those rushes, he there was one pressure where he uh, did directly affect the play, I think contributed to an incomplete pass, um, but there were a couple other pressures that could have been sacks if he had a little bit more time from the coverage. But Pierre Desir was too busy getting toasted. So he wasn't able to get sacks, but they were still good reps nonetheless. But in the run game, he uh, assisted on a couple of stuffs. He had a nice edge set that led to a stuff on one play, uh, setting that up for Quinn and Williams. And there was a third down screen pass that he teamed up with uh, Avery Williamson on to stop that short of the line of scrimmage. So he was active in a lot of different ways, playing 60% of the snaps in just his fourth game. And, you know, for rookies across the league, it's hard to come right in and play well with no preseason, shortened offseason. There was no rookie minicamp. So it, it's tough for rookies out there, especially undrafted rookies. But Huff quickly ascending into the lineup helped out quite a bit by how bad this defense has been. But uh, really had a promising performance in his first game. So they could have... Uh, finally, a legitimately promising young edge rusher uh, out there on the edge. One of the biggest surprises last year, Michael, was the play of Brian Poole, who is one of the best slot corners in the league. The worry, though, of course, was, was this a one-year wonder type of situation? Because he had been okay in Atlanta, but he really took it up a notch with the Jets last year. They re-signed him to a one-year deal, got off to a little bit of a slow start, but this was his best game of the season, bar none, on Thursday night against Denver. Yeah, first three games of the season, Poole's definitely on that regression track a little bit. I believe he allowed about four first downs a game over those first three games, which is way below where he was last year. So he was on that regression path, but this fourth game was definitely a return where he was last year. Only 20 yards allowed throughout the game for one first down, two of four passing, and two of those passes got picked off. One of them was by Desir, who undercut the route, and the other one, of course, was by Poole himself. Actually, his uh, second interception with the Jets after only having one last year, uh, which, of course, interceptions are very misleading in terms of actual coverage impact. But in this game, Poole did do uh, a very good job. And yes, it was against, against Brett Rippon in his starting debut, but he was shredding everyone else on the defense. So it was a good performance, bounce-back performance from Poole after a rough three games. So the Jets are obviously... Going to need more of that with, you know, got some injuries at cornerback now with Bless Austin leaving that game. Pierre Desir is just flat out not good in spite of his two interceptions in this Broncos game. So they're going to need more of that from Poole. This was a good bounce back after starting out pretty slow the first three weeks. 
another member of the secondary who started out very slow, and I would argue still wasn't really that good on Thursday was Pierre Desir, but he did have two huge takeaways. He's been such a weird player this year because he's made some big plays, but he also has played overall terribly. So this is like the guy who hits a couple of big home runs, but otherwise strikes out in just about every other at bat. Yeah, it, it's interesting that the ball has found Desir for all these big plays. There are so many other Jets players in the Jets defense who I would rather see get those interceptions would probably be more deserving of them based on what they've done. But uh, the ball's been coming his way. He got those two picks uh, in the Denver game. One of them was a pick six. But overall in this game, he allowed eight of nine passing for 134 yards, two touchdowns, three more first downs in addition to those two. So that's obviously absolutely terrible. And he was benched a couple games before that earlier this season. So uh, it's been a mostly very bad season for Desir in spite of the few interceptions. So the Jets are definitely going to have cornerback right back at the top of the list uh, once the offseason comes around. Hopefully, Bless Austin can um, get healthy, get back out there, clean up his missed tackles, uh, and prove to be a long-term keeper there because the Jets can use as many positions to be filled internally as possible going into an offseason where they'll have plenty of things to fix uh, but right now, the Jets are really weak at cornerback. This year is a big part of that. But Arthur Millette should be coming back, I believe, next, not this game against the Cardinals, but the next week after getting him back in the starting lineup would make sense. He was much better last year than this year has been this year, much better. Um, so getting him back into the starting lineup, seeing what he could do, that'll help the defense and get another look at a young guy who could be a potential future starter. But this year right now, in spite of the big plays, very bad overall. Michael, you mentioned that the Jets need as many keepers as they can get, and I think there's no question about that. But sometimes you get keepers in the weirdest places when you don't expect it. John Franklin Myers showed some real promise when he was on the Rams. In fact, he sacked Tom Brady in the Super Bowl and forced the fumble. But he was the victim of a logjam at that position on the defensive line, and the Rams ended up releasing him just because they had no room for him. The Jets picked him up off waivers last year. Nobody really thought much of it because the team is so stacked at defensive line. In fact, it's the only position where they're actually stacked. And so last year, he was hurt. He didn't do anything. This year, he looked good in training camp, and now he's looking like he could be one of those keepers that, as you said, the Jets are desperately in need of. Talk a little bit about the evolution of John Franklin Myers and how well he's played. Yeah, I was intrigued to see him on the team last year. He put up good numbers with the Rams as a rookie in terms of his pressure rate. He was a situational rusher for them and did a pretty good job, like you said, at a strip sack in the Super Bowl of Tom Brady. Uh, so he had some really good moments as a rookie, but it, the team was just too stacked to keep him around. And then he missed the whole season uh, due to injuries anyway. But this season he was able to make the roster, was inactive the first game, but uh, made his debut against the 49ers in week two. And for three straight games, he's just been a pressure machine. He hasn't gotten a ton of playing time to put up huge raw numbers, but on a per snap basis, he's making the absolute most of his playing time. Uh, six pressures on only 19 pass rush snaps against the Broncos. That was his season high. Uh, that's a pressure rate of 32%. The position average for interior D linemen is 7%. So he was unstoppable in this game. It was the same. The case was the same against the 49ers and the Colts the previous two, week, uh, previous two weeks. And on the season now, 
He's 11 pressures on only 47 pass rush snaps. So that's the seventh most, and this is this, uh, the seventh most ranking is prior to Sunday's games, but after Thursday, 11 pressures, seventh most at the position on 47 pass rush snaps, 73rd at the position. So that gives him a 23.4% pressure rate, which was the best among quali- qualified interior D linemen after uh, the Broncos game. So He's been extremely efficient so far this season. Small, small, small sample size does not guarantee he's going to keep this up or that he can maintain it if he plays a more uh, featured role rather than the rotational role he's in right now. But he's been red hot, red hot to start out, and it's been legitimate production too. It's not as if you know he's getting coverage sacks or if other players are creating pressure and then he's just chasing them to the sideline or if he's running stunts things like that. No, he's creating it all himself. He's beating line, specifically guards. Most of his production has been against right and left guards, but uh, he's creating it all himself with swim moves. Uh, He's had some good power moves. He's doing a lot right now with his technique and just his sheer power and athleticism too. So uh, extremely productive start. And it's a very legitimate one too, because he's making it all happen himself. It's not like he's benefiting uh, from other players. I think I speak for all Jets fans when I say more John Franklin Myers and less Henry Anderson, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. Henry Anderson right now is just and, and it's not even right now. This is kind of just a continuation of last season. Just isn't really doing much of anything. He hasn't been a fit in Greg Williams defense at all. Uh, we know he you know, left the Colt. The Colts traded him because he wasn't a great fit there. Turned out to be a very good fit under Todd Bowles in 2018. Fantastic year. Uh, was, I believe, 11th in pressures among interior linemen. But last year among Greg, huge downtick in pressure, uh, huge decline in pressures. And then this year it's continuing. No pressures against the Broncos, over 11 pass rush snaps. And he has only won since week two, over 35 pass rush snaps. So uh, taking his playing time down and more for, Frank Meyer, uh, for Franklin Myers, more for Shepard, who was actually a healthy and active this game against the Broncos, which I understand because Shepard was not doing much of anything himself over the first few games, but still Shepard's a younger player who actually his age might be closer to Henry than we think because he was such an old rookie, but still a much more raw player who showed some potential last season uh, and deserves a chance to kind of rebound from the slow start, uh, see if he can build off of last year. Uh, there's a lot better ways to use these snaps for Anderson right now, who's doing very little, especially in the passing game. Uh, but it seems like Greg is sort of trending that way because Anderson only played 29% of the snaps against Denver. And that is, that's his lowest portion with the jets outside of a couple of games that he left early uh, due to injury week 17 last year, they pulled him out just to try some other players. But outside of those two games, 29% snap portion against the Broncos his lowest in his three seasons as a jet. So in uh, the previous week before that against the Colts, only 40%, that was his second lowest up to that point. So it seems like Greg is starting to phase him out a little bit. So potentially this season against the Cardinals, we could see even less of Anderson, more Franklin Myers, as we should be. I think we need to see more John Franklin Myers and more Quinn and Williams. I don't know why Quinn and Williams isn't playing something like 80% of the snaps. I know that he took a little bit of a step back in the game against the Indianapolis Colts. But in this game, while he didn't have the flashy sack numbers that he had against the San Francisco 49ers, Quinn and Williams played at a dominant level once again against the Denver Broncos on Thursday night. Yeah, this was a great bounce back for him 
after that 49ers game that had everyone, you know, back on the Quinn and Williams train, they were hyping him up again, went to Indy, played against that great O-line, and didn't do much of anything. He struggled. But in this game against the Broncos, he was right back up to that 49ers level, even if he didn't have the sacks to back it up. And, and this is something I talked about after that 49ers game. He could have games like that, will have games like that, where he's just as dominant but just doesn't get the sacks to really show for it. And this was one of those games. He had – three stops in the run game for one yard or less. So he was active around the live scrimmage in that phase. And then as a pass rusher, he had four pressures and that doesn't even include two plays. He had a quarterback hit and a sack in which he was penalized on. So obviously the penalties are bad. You want to get those out of his game, but they haven't been a major issue for him. He only had one penalty last year, I believe. And I I'm pretty sure these were the first two of this season. He might've had one earlier on, but uh, they haven't been a huge issue for him. Obviously, the penalties are bad, but he was really active in this game. Four pressures, that was his best of the season. Uh, and he really had six because th- that does not include uh, the plays he's penalized on. And one of those was a roughing the passer that was kind of questionable. The other one was a face mask that was absolutely a penalty, but uh, still overall, he was really active. And so far through four games, his pressure rate is 8.2%. That's above the positional average of 7.3% and an improvement. Last year, he was at 5.8%. So he can be a lot more dominant than that. But so far, he has taken a step up from last year. Uh, His run stop rate, he's recorded a run stop on 11.1%. That's higher than his 2019 rate of 8.9% and almost double the positional, not almost double, but well above the positional average of 6.8%. One of the best numbers at his position with that 11.1% run stop rate. So uh, he's had an improved season so far. He can be more consistent. If he can be more consistent than this, he could be one of the more dominant defensive linemen in the league. And the key is really just getting uh, when he's not completely on his game, he's not as dominant as he was against the Niners and this game against the Broncos uh, in those other games to not be completely silent, uh, completely silent because the Bills game, and the Colts game didn't do much of anything. I believe he had one pressure combined in those two games. So uh, even when he's not on, he's got to find ways to get involved in the game somehow because right now his floor is still pretty low. He's had a couple quiet games, but the ceiling is for his two best games this year are probably better than his best game last year. So that ceiling is there. We're seeing that dominant potential. Now it's just about stringing some of those games together, making the bad games less bad and more average. And if he can do that, then he could put together a full 16 games that will put him up there as one of the best interior linemen in the league. But a promising start so far for Quinnen. Still a way to go, but two really solid, two not solid, two really great performances uh, in this first quarter of the season. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandslots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandslots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com 
Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Michael, let's shift from defensive line to offensive line. George Fant was signed to be the right tackle. The move was criticized by many people, including both of us, when it was made. However, George Fant, while not amazing since coming here, has been what Joe Blewett said he would probably be, which is okay, solid, not bad, which when you're talking about a right tackle and especially considering what we've watched the last couple of years, I'm going to clap my hands and celebrate that. Oh, yeah. Jets fans should know really well how hard it is to just get an okay lineman. Uh, I mean, we've had okay linemen on this team who we thought were one of the best players, like James Carpenter. 2016 had a pretty decent (laughs) season and he was like our best player on offense that year and brian winters stuck around forever who was not even okay but i just the bottom line is like it's it's hard to find okay linemen and brian winters was not okay i'm not really sure why i brought that up but (laughs) george france so far has been that average to solid tackle that the jets really have been looking for on that right side and the left side too but they have an elite one there but fat in this broncos game was not tagged with allowing any pressures over 54 snaps in protection. Uh, And on the season, he's only given up a 4% pressure rate. And that's at the 67th percentile among qualified tackles this season. So it's been a solid start for him. Uh, And it's it's early in this game. He didn't face Bradley Chubb that much, although he did do good when Chubb did face him. Chubb was on Fant's side. Only eight passer snaps compared to 34 on the opposite side against McDermott, but no pressures when he was on Fant's side over those eight rushes. So Fant hasn't had the toughest matchups to start of the season. A lot of those have been on the left side where Becton is, but so far so good. And there are going to be some challenges coming up. Chandler Jones this week, he moves to both sides, uh, both sides of the defense. The Chargers have a great pair of edge rushers with Bosa and Ingram. Uh, so there are going to be some more challenges coming up. It's only four games, but it's it's been a good start. And this is a really important uh, player to evaluate, not just because of his actual impact on the game, but because from a Joe Douglas, evaluating Joe Douglas, uh, this is probably the guy who's going to tell, you, tell us the most about his pro scouting ability because this was a gamble. Key spot for the Jets to fill, uh, you know, building that O-line to support Sam Darnold. This was a very important position for them to fix, and his solution was not Jack Conklin or uh, Brian Balaga or a more established player. Instead, he went with George Fant, a career backup in Seattle, somewhat of a project, and that was a really questionable decision. I didn't like it. Like you said, you didn't either, and really a lot of people or most people were not too high on it. Not that any of us know anything about these players as offensive (laughs) linemen. I don't think... You know, the WFAN hosts watch much George Fant film, but uh, still, it was questionable to have a career backup as your choice to be the starting right tackle for, to replace, uh, to try and provide an upgrade for Sam Darnold this year. But so far, so good. And it's if George Fant can hit, it's a really promising sign for Joe Douglas and his evaluation ability uh, at the professional level and just in terms of offensive line, which is going to be really important going forward so it's if George Fant can be a hit for the Jets and he can have a solid season you can feel good about paying his 9.4 million price tag next season uh, which is if he can be average you 
accept that number uh, and go into next season with an okay tackle. Uh, so if he can be good, it will definitely tell us. Uh, it will be a really positive sign for Joe Douglas because this this signing is all about uh, investing in what they saw on film, the tools they saw from him, uh, and believing that they can develop him and get the best, uh, that his best would be ahead of him, and they could pull that out of him with the Jets. So it's, it's a gamble on what they saw on tape and just believing in an unheralded player uh, and hoping they can find some not necessarily value because, like I said, $9.4 million would be his cap hit next season. But uh, still taking a shot on an unheralded player because of, obviously, uh, what they saw from him that a lot of other teams probably didn't. So if George Fan hits, it would be big for the Jets to have him locked in as an okay starter going into next season, which you need uh, you need five of those on your O-line. So to get one of them in Fant would be great. And not just that, but to tell us, uh, it'd be a positive early sign for Douglas. George Fant was solid, but his counterpart on the left side, not Mekhi Becton, but his replacement, Connor McDermott, was not even close to solid. In fact, if your name was Connor and you were playing on the Jets' offensive line on Thursday, you probably wanted to avoid the press after the game. To be fair, if your name was Gregor Alex and you were on the Jets' offensive line on Thursday against the Broncos, you also probably didn't want to face the press a rough day for Connor McDermott subbing in for Mackay Becton and a really rough day for the interior part of that Jets offensive line. Yeah, Mackay Becton's impact, we saw it pretty clearly in this game. Connor McDermott comes in and Bradley Chubb absolutely goes off. Ten pressures in this game, over 34 pass rush snaps on the right side, so opposite where McDermott would be at that left tackle position. Uh, he could not handle Chubb in this game. It, and I think the Jets probably would have I mean, really the way things went and, you know, there were a lot of issues, but if Becton were healthy for this game, then the Jets could have been a lot more effective. But McDermott really struggled in relief of Becton, but the interiors struggling in the passing game. I think they've done some good things in the run game, and we'll see that more more evidently once Le'Veon Bell comes back because these running backs have not been playing too well. But uh, in the passing game, these three guys have been struggling. Uh, Connor McGovern has been is the most disappointing one. I think we expected it from Van Roten and Alex Lewis, you know, who are sort of stopgap veterans who you, you're probably planning to move on from, replace, improve over next season anyway. But McGovern was signed to be a, a long-term piece for at least the next two years. A guy who's in his prime, only has started one full season at center. Last season was the first time that, he went into week one as a starting center and he was playing at a really high level throughout the season. Uh, and obviously the contract the Jets gave him backs that up. So they were expecting him and still are expecting him to be uh, one of those long-term pieces. Hopefully you can come out this season with Becton, Fant and McGovern and focus on those two guard spots and round it out next year. But so far McGovern, I don't know. And he did obviously get banged up uh, in the Colts game, I believe, uh, He's played every game so far, but he has battled some injuries. Uh, but it doesn't – because what's interesting about his struggles is it's not like he's getting overpowered, struggling in one-on-one matchups. A lot of the pressure he's been allowing has been just being late, helping out his guards, recognizing blitzes, things he was really good at last year he's really struggling with right now. Uh, so McGovern so far has given up uh, at least uh, – through these first four games of the season – Total pressures allowed for McGovern. He's given up 13 already. He only gave up 15 all of last season. Uh, so his pressure rate so far, McGovern, 8.6%. Second worst among centers 
Last season, it was 2.7%. That was 10th best. So he's taken a big step back in pass protection so far. Uh, but is it is only four games, plenty of time for him to turn it around. It's very big for the Jets, not just you know for this season to get Sam Darnold back on track, get this offense looking respectable, but uh, for the future as well, you really want – because McGovern's going to be starting next season. They can't get out of his contract without taking a huge dead money hit next season. So he's going to be around next year. Uh, so it's important that he does get back on track to, uh, even if not in elite level, uh, to at least be okay because he's going to be around. So you want him to show you that he can be relied upon and not be a liability. But if he can get back on track, get back to where he was for the Broncos last year and the Jets, if George Fant can stay on track, do what he's been doing so far, McGovern, if he can get back to his Broncos level, uh, and then Becton continue his hot start, then you could have three pieces going into going into next season on your offensive line. Uh, Cameron Clark still could come back. Uh, well, should be coming back soon, but could get an opportunity to start at some point this season. Uh, potentially he shows you enough to go into next season as a starter. Probably won't get enough time to establish himself as a surefire long-term piece, but uh, you do have him as a developmental prospect at that guard position, but McGovern is important. He's got to turn it around these next 12 games and show the Jets that he can be the long-term piece at center that they hoped he could be. And if he can do that, there's the potential for the Jets to come out of the season with maybe three long-term or at least going to next season uh, starters on that offensive line. Bad news is the interior of the Jets' offensive line played poorly. The good news is they actually had some good receiver play, especially from Jamison Crowder, which is not surprising. He's easily the best target they have. But what is surprising is that Jeff Smith came off IR, flashed some speed, and showed that he might be somebody who could stick around for a bit. Yeah, and first to talk about Crowder, he had an excellent game, seven catches on nine targets, 104 yards, six first downs. Um, and he's third, or at least coming out of the Denver game, was third in the league with 109 and a half receiving yards per game. Obviously, he's only played two games, but uh, been a great start for him. And and Crowder was really good enough in this game to produce a lot more than his 104 yards, six first downs. There were numerous plays throughout the game where Darnold didn't see him open or misfire to him. Uh, so Crowder was good in this game. Uh, and could have produced a lot more than his already great numbers. Uh, it's been a great start for him so far. His slot production, uh, 87.5 yards per game lined up in the slot, 11 catches out of the slot. He's top three in both of those. So it's been a great start to the season for Jameson Crowder. He's, if he can, and look, Crowder's career has been very erratic. We saw it last season. There are stretches where he gets hot, there are stretches where he gets cold. So I don't think Crowder is going to average 100 yards a game this season or even close to it. He'll have some quiet games here and there. But even with those, last year he's a top 10 receiver and he's off to an even hotter start this season than any stretch he had last year. So he's working towards establishing himself as a top five slot guy in the league. Uh, so the down games will come, but if, these are, if this is how high his peaks are going to be, uh, and again, he could be producing even more if Darnold saw him when he was open all the time, uh, then he's definitely going to prove himself as one of the best slot receivers in the league. So even though the Jets could improve a lot, the weapons uh, that they give Darnold or whoever the quarterback is next season, uh, Crowder is definitely underrated in the sense that he's one of the best slot guys in the league working towards proving that. Uh, and then Jeff Smith, of course, 
It's his season debut. I don't think anyone expected anything out of Jeff Smith, uh, but he didn't do anything in the game play against the Ravens last year, had one catch for 12 yards, but also uh, failed to track down a deep ball that Darnold threw in that game. Uh, and that, that was really the moment he's most known for. But now he's got a lot of great plays on his resume after one game. Looked really good, seven catches, nine targets, 81 yards, four firsts, and he drew an eight, a 38-yard defensive pass interference. Uh, so in total, contrib- uh, contributed to 119 yards and five firsts. And he actually had a really great route, uh, stutter-go route, that completely shook his defender. Darnold missed the throw. It was a hard throw, but couldn't make the connection. But that's a great route. Uh, There's another play where Smith was wide open over the middle for at least – 10 yards in a first down that Darnold didn't see him on. Uh, so it was a good game for Smith. He showed uh, his long speed was really solid. I didn't really get the chance to run ver- uh, vertically, but on cr- a couple of crossing routes that Gase had him on, you could really see his speed across the field. His his hands looked pretty good. A couple of high throws from Darnold that he pulled in. Uh, I, I mentioned the stutter go route he had. So he did some really good things in this game against the Broncos. It was, it was surprisingly legitimate production. Uh, in terms of you know him again showing hands, route running, his speed, he he was earning those numbers in this game. So it'll be interesting to see with all these other receivers coming back, Perriman, Mims, and Vincent Smith, uh, how where Jeff Smith checks in in terms of playing time because in this game he came right back and played all but four snaps, ninety five percent total. Uh, that was the most among all skill position players on the team. So he came right back and was pretty much an every down guy. So with all these other, you know, Perriman and Mims projected starters, Smith was probably your projected fourth receiver. Uh, so with all of them coming back and Smith having started and played really well his first game, it will be interesting to see how they uh, split those snaps around. As you said, Michael, Jeff Smith and Jamison Crowder might have put up even bigger numbers if Sam Darnold had seen them when they were open all game. Unfortunately, he did not. And that leads to the most depressing part of all right now for the Jets, which, of course, is the fact that Sam Darnold has regressed enormously and looks more or less shell-shocked right now. We saw more of that, unfortunately, against the Denver Broncos. You went ahead and graded his performance as you do every single week, and it wasn't pretty. Yeah, this was that for the second second straight week and the third week out of four, save for the 49ers game, he was just plainly really bad. He's regressed quite a bit, and it it's not entirely his fault that it's gotten to this point. I mean, it's mostly the Jets' fault for you know the terrible offensive lines the first two years, uh, the lack of consistency and reliability at the pass-catching positions, and really most importantly, just the bad coaching not really building around him, around his strengths and weaknesses, first baits, then shaking it up after year one, going with Gase, who has also not done a good job. So it's the Jets' fault that he's gotten to this point, but the fact is that Darnold really looks like damaged goods right now and is just playing bad quarterback, making a lot of mistakes that, uh, even though it might be the Jets' fault that he's become this quarterback, there are plays where it's just all on him. He's making mistakes that, you can't really blame on anyone else. Wide open receivers that he's just not seeing and not throwing to bad pre-snap and post-snap reads that are leading to him making those decisions. Uh, the hesitancy to stay in the pocket, bailing too early. He's now starting to become this sort of like kind of what we thought Josh Allen would be, this quarterback who's scrambling instead of taking shots that are open, better higher upside shots down the field. 
um, making one read, just ditching the pocket, not comfortable to make throws under pressure. So there are a lot of things. He's just new issues that really he didn't have the first two years. They're just kind of springing up now. So in this Broncos game, grading every single play, I gave him a grade of 21.5 out of 100, uh, 100 being the best, zero the worst, 50 average, 21.5 for this game, sixth worst I've given him out of 30 career games. Uh, and with the Bills and Colts game, that's now three of his six worst career games, uh, based on my grading at least, uh, in this one four-game stretch to start the season. So he's clearly regressed. Um, some people talked about regression last season. I didn't see that. It was more that he was didn't progress last season off of his rookie year. He was kind of the same player. But now he's clearly worse than he was last season or even as a rookie. So um, it's tough to know how to spread that blame around. It's partially Gase, partially the talent, partially himself, uh, because you can never really fully absolve the player from his own struggles. But um, regardless of who to blame, this is – just who Darnold is right now. And that's uh, a guy who's very physically talented. We saw plenty of moments of that in this Broncos game, that run to start the quarter. He had some good throws on the run throughout the game. Uh, and one even really good throw from the pocket, which he took a hit to Jameson Crowder, something you need to see more of, but obviously didn't do nearly frequently enough. But uh, a very talented guy, but at this point has just developed so many bad habits that are going to be really hard him to work out of and just aren't going to go away uh, overnight so it, this has been a very rough disappointing start to the season for him and he's got a lot to fix if he's going to turn it around uh, and, and show that he can be this team's franchise quarterback going to next season Michael, one of the unfortunate side effects of being a truth teller who looks at these stats and analytics objectively is sometimes you tell people things that they don't want to hear and no Jets fan wants to hear what you just said, but it's important for us to listen because unfortunately we're heading to that fork in the road. There's 12 more games. We'll see how Sam Darnold does, but if he doesn't turn this around, then this may not have the ending that most of us were expecting when he was drafted at number three overall in 2018. But like I said, still 12 games. It's not too late. Let's hope that he turns it around. Michael Nania, the stat geek extraordinaire over at JetsXFactor.com, where he is also, of course, the co-founder with Robbie Sabo. Thanks so much for coming on for Chronicles of Nania. As always, really appreciate it. I know you've got plenty of stuff up at JetsXFactor.com. Above and beyond the key stats that we talked about, of course, you got the full Darnold grade that you do for every single game, and you can check out all 30 of his starts if you want. Michael's got them all graded, and you've got plenty of stuff coming up throughout the rest of the week too, right? Yeah, definitely got some more coming throughout this weekend. It's interesting when you get a Thursday night game, you get a lot of time to, uh, a lot more time than usual to, uh, it, you get you get both sides of it. After the previous game, you get less time to go into that one, but then you get plenty more time to go into the Thursday night game. So still a lot more stuff in that Broncos game to look at. And fortunately, because most of these games this year, there hasn't been much to look at, but in this Broncos game, there were at least some positives. The team is competitive enough to where a good amount of players did actually play well. So should have a, a Franklin Myers breakdown coming out this week. Already did Bryce Huff and Jeff Smith over the past few days following the game. Uh, the Darnold grade, as you said, that's out. A ton of plays in here and literally over 5,000 words on this game. So all the whole explanation is in here of what's going on with Darnold right now on the Broncos game. 
uh, and a f- should have a few other things as well. Might do a Crowder breakdown. Uh, I also think I'll be doing uh, looking at some of Douglas's moves, uh, moves that have worked and not worked through at least a quarter of the season. Uh, so plenty of stuff coming throughout the week. Go ahead and follow Michael on Twitter at Michael underscore Nania. Read his work over at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.